Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Z-Man Bates with Beats and Brews again. I'm here with uh, Spaceman Jones of Spaceman Jones and the Motherships. What's yeah. happening? All right. Uh, right now, let's talk a little bit about the beer we got here. We got the Molly's Lips over from uh, Bar Barami. Is that how you pronounce Bramari. it? Bramari. I keep botching that name every time I look at it. <laughs> it's okay. If you drink enough beers, they don't care if you botch it. <laughs> well, I say it's a black golf, so you know, a little bit of coriander, like fruit flavor to it. I can remember when... Um, when this beer first came out. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was uh, maybe last year they had it on tap for the first time. I don't really like ghosts that much, but this is pretty good. It's not terrible. Good. I say, yeah, it's got like that nice, like, carbonation there. So you can tell it got like that nice, like, kind of carbonated, like, high head to it. It's got like a nice little, like, dark flavor. So you can tell, like, I'm going to say, you can tell it's going to be some stuff, man. To be honest with you. Like darker beers, usually only ten, only ten IBU. I was not ready for that. Okay, so it's not that bitter at all. Cheers. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a strong coriander flavor to it. Yeah. Almost like kind of like a stone fruit like aftertaste to it. Yeah, almost like a peachy, apricotty. Yeah, yeah. This will probably be really good with sour kick to it. And this would be really good with like a ceviche. Type of really? Type of ceviche. No, I've never even. That's like a good pairing. Damn, that's really yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, just think about it. Just think about I'm it. Try, yeah, I'm like thinking about the taste from it. Yeah. A little bit of Because like the actual the like onion. citrus, like kind of like sour kick to yeah. it. That, yeah, that was that would actually set it off too. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good. All right, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the music, man. So you got the Space and Time project that came out, four song EP. Yeah. So what was the process like going into that? Um. We, when I'm working with Brian, my counterpart in Spaceman Jones and the Motherships, aka Motherhood Productions, for all y'all rappers out there, Motherhood Productions, go get you some beats. Hey, product placement. Um, but we, uh, he, he's always sending me beats, and um, so we stay kind of in the creative process, um, and um, the the idea behind these songs was. I didn't put any titles on the songs. I kind of let the beat dictate. So he sent me, the names of the songs are actually the name of the files that he sent me with the beat, you know, the right. name of the beat file. So um, so it's like the ones he labeled like the beat as and they just sent it yeah, over. Yeah, and he like, just sent it over and I just kept that as the name and I let that guide me when I was writing. I like you that. what I'm saying? Um, so, and that's how it, it came out. Um, we was We were not going for a, kind of smoother vibe we we create whatever comes up so he'll make a batch of beats and send them to me it's not like I say okay we're going for some smooth shit this time or we're going for something harder this time it's like you know he, he'll make something man I thought this year sound good on this and he'll send it over and I write like on the spot and um when when we had a beat we have like a a few unreleased songs and uh, as we were thinking about 2018 to 2019 and making plans, we started um, noticing that we had different lanes that we had created through just making songs. Right. And uh, we we um, was able to put those together kind of nicely. It, it worked out really good um, with space and time. Um, you had the video for uh, Hitting Nights, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, that, and that was fun to do, getting out to the outdoors. Um, and kind of doing something that's not really uh, very 
you don't see a lot of black guys in the woods. No, you don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's um, kind of cool. And I spent a large, I spent a little bit of time in my youth in the woods. You know, I got in trouble and I had to go to a wilderness camp for about ten months, and I lived outside for about ten months. You know. Um, but I never did like it after that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because I was, you know, I kind of felt forced to, and I, you know, I didn't want to go through that shit again. I kind of associated being in the woods with punishment for a while. That's so what they call that cognitive association or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout yeah. out to my psych teacher. <laughs> Shouts to my therapist. But, um, but so, uh, we shot that video just to try to show uh, the contrast between. Uh, what we actually do, you know what I'm saying? Not to show the contrast between, you know, me and Brian are from two different sides of Asheville. Okay. You know, of course he's a white guy. I'm a black guy. You know, we didn't. We both grew up kind of poor, but it's two different. It's two different realities. You know what I'm saying? Separate okay. towns, and uh, we just wanted to show. Um, we wanted to show us more. We wanted to be more. Show more personality. Show more like how we actually live and that and that video was a pretty was a pretty good uh you know it wasn't too fancy. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too fancy it wasn't not made up this is just stuff that we actually do you know i actually go to the woods i actually be in the neighborhood with my people you know what i'm saying i'm you know we actually in the studio right you know um just showing our lifestyle and how we live really um i thought that 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 it was time to do that because we have been really using a lot of concepts in the videos to try to um, kind of show the ideas behind the song. Sometimes we get a little bit, as artists, we get a little esoteric. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and we wanted something that was a lot more accessible. I dig it. You know what I'm saying? So you wouldn't have to think about it too much. Like, what did that mean? Or what the what the fuck are they doing? Exactly. You know what I'm I mean, saying? Yeah, it's you want like, something kind of like just, you know, this is it, this is not there, no hidden meaning or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I dig it, man. Something plain. Uh, so you're pretty much an OG in the like Asheville scene, pretty much. Yeah, like, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> kind of strange though because I only I really started taking music seriously in 2012. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so that's I impressive. Okay. They, I don't even know. I guess I don't even. I'm, I've been around Asheville the whole time, but I spent a lot of my teens and my twenties and my thirties like locked up in the belly of the beast. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, I always loved rap music. Ever since 94, I've always tried to put pen to paper and rap, but I never took it seriously until 2012. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, like, how long have you been, like, you know, like, doing music for in general? Uh, since 1994, so that'll be 24 years, I guess. Gotcha. And, I like, this is my favorite question I like to ask to every artist I bring into, like, the show. What was that defining moment that really got you into music? Uh, that what you wanted to be a musician? Okay. I was uh, I was in jail. I was in jail for something stupid when me and my partner did some lick we had pulled a robbery or something. So I was sitting locked up, and it was these two cats from Charlotte. Okay. And uh, they came from a training school in Swannanoa or something that happened. So they sent them to, to the adult jail. I don't know why they did that, but they was over there. And uh, but we was all kind of peewees and young, and um, they was rapping, and I was so mesmerized. Because I had an older cousin that rapped, and there was another one of my homeboys in the cell that did in the cell with us that rapped too, and I felt like this, I, I, it was electrifying to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
And um, man, I stayed up to about I stayed up till breakfast time writing the rap. And I never forget it. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember like how how it felt going through that process. And I knew it was something that I wanted so bad. You know, and it was at a bleak time too. But it was a uh, yeah. That's when I knew, man. That's when I knew when I wrote that first. When I felt deep enough about it to write something down, and it was all about uh, it was all about uh, this girl who I had liked. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm locked up, so she done got with somebody else, and this was like some facts. And then uh, feeling hopeless about the situation, never gonna be able to get out of the streets. You know what I'm saying? That's just the feeling it was. Like the shit is. You know, and I wrote about that in that first rap. You know what I'm saying? And it was rudimentary and it was simple, but I rapped that rap and they was like, you know what I'm saying? And the, and, and the guys was like, man, you know, that was straight right up. You know what I'm saying? And I got my first little bit of validation, but it took a long time before um, I got any good at it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, so that's everything. Like, it's not like the repetition of it. You always, you know, whatever you do, you want to get better. Yeah, better yeah, yeah. To, you know, and, then, and then, like, from that, because uh, I learned really and got good in, in prison, you know what I'm saying? And right. I remember many ciphers rapping and the cats laughing, calling me rapping Fote. And, you know, this was like back in like, this was like back 94, 95. Right. Back in, it was like East Coast, West Coast, and I did not mess with no East Coast music back then. I was straight West Coast or, or like ghetto boys down South. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel because, but it was mainly because when I was rapping and I, was in jail and I was in prison. It was like a lot of East Coast guys. It wasn't no cats who was representing like West Coast gangster type music that was rapping in jail when I was in there, in prison right. when I was in there. It was all East Coast sound and shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, they, you know what I'm saying? They tore my ass up for a while. You wow. know what I'm saying? Like, and I went through gladly, you know, it was, it was fights and, you know, I done had to pay people canteen and, you know, losing bets and battles. You know, I, you know, and then I, you know, I finally hit my stride, and then I got good at it where I could entertain the yard. You know what I'm saying? People would sit around and listen to me rap. You know what I'm saying? And that's and I did that for a long time. I did that all the way to 2012. Right. Just really being serious about rapping when I'm inside, but when I get back out, it's the same runaround shit. You know what I'm saying? And now 05, me and my brother uh, had cut two songs, and we uh. Got some CDs made and we started a little company. But I mean, we did like one run of CDs and then I got locked up for, I had got 80 months or some crazy shit like that. And um, 2012, I came home and we just kept kept it going, you know what I'm saying? And finally, finally like got some traction underneath it. Where's that, uh, where was that cover at for the newspaper actually? I want to take show that really quick. There we go. Yeah, we done had a few. in the back scene. Yeah. <laughs> we, done had a, we done had a few. Uh, shout out to A.D. Ways, man. Shout out to A.D. Ways in the background right now. We done had a few articles wrote shout about us, but that's our first, like, cover. You know, and I just got to give a lot of props yes, to Cliff. You know what I'm saying? Because he already had a following. You know, uh, he was in uh, uh, Secret Lives of the Freemasons, and then he was in Robots Win, and both of those bands were extremely popular and successful. You know, and he didn't have a he didn't have a real reason to to fuck with me at all. But you know, he dug the wave, and man, we we've been making we've been making it happen ever since, man. Because I was already trying my hardest to break through. You know, and it was a lot of 
bullshit in the game too, man. I'm 40 years old, so a lot of motherfuckers like, man, this old ass, this, this, that, the third, you know. It's a lot of shit that you gotta go through, you know what I'm saying, if you wanna make your dreams go and you ain't 18 or 19 years old, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why people think that you gotta die once you get over 30. I don't understand that shit at all. Gotcha, man. Um, that's rough, wow. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, like, the, the the actual food company you got there to like the actual like food tour. Oh, yeah. I want to get into that a little bit, because right. like, I, I I love stuff like that. Okay, so, yeah. I'm so, gonna name it Beats Eats and Breeze because of that. <laughs> so I um I've been working in kitchens for a long time. Finally went to culinary school, and I've been working uh, in restaurants downtown for the past maybe six years, and um so I get to meet a lot of people. Uh, so there's a guy named uh, Stu Ham. There was another guy named Patty Reels, and uh, they run a company called um, Ask for Food Tours. Okay. And I used to cook the food tours. They would come in the Chestnut restaurant I would work in two days a week, and they would come in there, and we would cook the food for the tours and send it out. And they would always say, you know, come take the tour, but it's all, you know, I don't really got time. You know, I got a kid and other stuff I wanted to do, but I finally went after a year and a half of them asking, and I was blown away by the experience, and um. And was like, hey man, I like to do this, and um, you know they trained me and put me on. And uh, the name of the company is Ash for Food Tours. Um, we run food tours seven days a week, um, and you can hit us up on AshevilleFoodTours.com. AshevilleFoodTours.com. Yeah, yeah, we, we do uh, tours of uh, downtown Asheville, and I, and I do a tour every Saturday in West Asheville. And what do they are? Is walking food tours. Keep going. So we would um, we would meet at a place and we would walk to seven, six or seven restaurants, you know, within a, a, a mile and a half of each other, and uh, we would have a bite and a and a drink at about every place, and we talk about the neighborhoods. We talk about um, we talk about the food. We talk about the city. You know, and we enjoy each other's company. And uh, it's a super, super cool job. And I'm really, really, really a, a lucky guy to be able to have it. That's awesome, man. I'm actually like, so how often do you guys run the tours for? Um, they, they go seven days a week. We got a tour somewhere. And you can look on the website, you know, and pick which one you want to take. And we do brunch tours. And you can even get private tours. And, you know, that's pretty pretty extensive tours, but they're always connected with restaurants and food. And I think that it's one of the best ways to get to know a city. You know, it's a food tour or some kind of other specialty tour to find out the good places, <coughs> to find out some of the history. That's one thing about like when I was, you know, first got to Asheville and everything like that. It was just like, I've noticed like everything's like such like a, like a tight-knit community almost. Like, it's almost like everybody knows each other and stuff like that. And like the food and everything has been great so far. Yeah, so, I, I travel a lot and I'm always glad to come back home because the food other places is not as good as the food is here. And that's facts. So, man. so another thing I want to talk to you about was like the actual, like who's in the collective of Spaceman Jones and the Mothership? Who is the Mothership? The motherships is is Cliff Worship, aka Motherhood, um, who's a part of Robots Win. But I, but it's not just the music that makes up the team. You know, uh, 
my man Javi, who is also a part of Robots Win. He's a very, uh, he's instrumental in like art direction and making sure that everything kind of looks, looks the same, kind of, uh, and, and keeps us, keeps all our designs clean. And uh, we just added a new art guy, Ricky Tolly, who's super dope. He uh, designed the Space and Time cover. Nice. Okay. And uh, he took that was a really pictures. trippy visual, by the yeah. way. I wanted to actually say that to him. Yeah, thank you. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, um, it's just a lot of people behind the scenes. A few more people behind the scenes. Um, uh, Justin Aswell, who who handles our mixing and mastering, you know. But the motherships is is kind of a it's 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 Cliff, you know what I'm saying? Dealing with the sound, you know what I'm saying? How we sound. Right. Cause I make beats as well, but I don't make beats for our project. I think that um, that when you got a recipe, you don't deal with it. You know what I'm saying? When you don't perfect it, that you don't deal with it no more. You kind of let it mature. You know. Let's talk about a little bit about the Asheville scene too. Like just like in general, like the music scene. Not even just hip hop, but like who who have you been working with? Like what's the actual? I guess like the general. Culture of the Asheville scene. Okay, um, the Asheville scene, as far as music goes, is uh, very robust. You can go out every night of the week and find local bands playing live in venues seven days a week. It's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, there, like always, there's a disconnect between. Um, It's a disconnect between people who, um, damn, I don't know how to say this. I know her expression. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, sometimes there's a disconnect between what people think, um, where people think they should be, and where they actually are. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just like I think any other scene, man, it's it's, it's um, or any other group of people, man. You're gonna have people who love it, people who hate it, people who think it's fair people who think it's unfair, you know what I'm saying, whatever it is. But I think the Asher's music scene is 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 really, really, really robust. I'm going to just say that again, and full of talent. And I think that um, behind the scenes, it's a lot of passionate people, you know what I'm saying, trying to uh, get the scene to where it's supposed to be because it's national spotlight, even the world spotlight is on Asheville from time to time. Right. You know, it's a lot of people that come from all over the country, all over the world here to hike, to uh, to drink. So you got the mountains. You got yeah, like, yeah, this is yeah, like yeah. one of the best yeah. craft beer breweries in the yeah. city, which actually brought me out here in yeah. the first place. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, people come out here to drink. People come out here to eat our, our glorious food, and and they come out here to to hike in the mountains and to um, you know play around. And um, they are also coming here to see shows um not only can you see local artists every night of the week you can catch a national artist in Asheville just about every night of the week yeah I saw like somewhere. the same day I went to that one show at one stop uh on Saturday actually shout out to SK the novelist and PTP all those PTP. guys and so I guess upstairs they had one of the guys from uh I guess the guy who produces for Aesop Rock was there like one of the guys on, I think he was on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment yeah he was playing like the like the same time they were so I'm like, that was kind of cool yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of national artists, but um, as far as like the hip hop scene goes, it's a lot of talent, and it's a lot of guys who are making moves, and um, I don't see nothing but it going up, 
you know, uh, I got to give a can I give a few shout outs? Oh, absolutely, go for it. I want to give a shout out to, of uh, course, uh, like you said, SK and Musashi. I also want to give a shout out to. Yeah. Want to give a shout out to uh, to all of the camps in the city, man, the Hunter Boys, and also to uh, the GPE guys out of the hill. I want to give a shout out also to uh, Po Folk. You know what I'm saying? Me and him did some I actually checked out his video too, by the way, yeah. Po Folk. Because I remember, because we were looking at the coast and then Po Folk came up. And then I was like, another person I actually wanted to like, bring in the show. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. And po Folk, me and Po Folk had, you know, we had a little battle last year, but it was all love. It was like, it was like some real hip hop things, you know, and we got a record together actually. Nice. You know what I'm saying? I was just, you know, give a shout out to, you know, all of the guys who still grinding and who trying to make it happen, man. This is not an easy city to do hip hop in. You know what I'm saying? They'd much rather you. Uh, like country and bluegrass. Yeah, like, that's one thing I Singer, songwriter, or something like that. Much rather you have a guitar. They'd much rather you be behind the guitar and not black. They would much rather that. So shout out to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Who's still Salute. grinding, man? Salute. Salute to y'all. Alright. Let's talk a little bit about because I know on the cover it says upcoming album. So let's talk a little bit about the new album. Like the sound of it, you know, like expected, arrival date. Um, yeah. Right now, man, we, we are right now we, we are kind of putting our putting our carts on the conveyor belt and letting them come out, you know, at a uh, at a determined time. Uh, we'll have more information about the upcoming album. Um, but I can say that we'll be dropping another small EP for y'all. Okay. Um, here, here pretty soon, um, which will be, uh, which will be a little bit, which will be a lot harder than space and time. Um, How so? Well, we get pissed off, me and Brian get pissed off about uh, bullshit like um, the shit that that's going on with our leaders across the board. Now we're not just talking about the president. We already everybody love to jump on him. Yeah. But it's a lot of other shit that's going on that ain't right, man. You got uh, just corruption all over the place, man. And it's like the the fair shot has gone away. You got to be an assassin to make it anywhere in this world. You know, the fair shot for the average guy. It's it, don't it, everything's cutthroat these days. It is. So, yeah. It's very much cutthroat, and it, and and I don't agree that it has to be like that at all. Um, and we talk about it. You know, um, I don't. I don't. I'm not happy uh, about the world that I'm leaving to my to my kids and my grandkids. You know, it's not safe right now. No, nah, yeah. no, it's not safe at all. But it never have been safe. But it's kind of like the idea that. It's more blatant out there. Well, it's more blatant, and I think, and I think that that a lot of people are tired of the way that things have been, no matter who's to blame for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that a shift of power is kind of is being begged for, kind of only it's a lot of ripples and and, and murmurs of, of of a shift of power, and I think that. Uh, that the violence that we are seeing and the craziness that we are seeing are kind of like the uh, kind of like the the little rumbles before the storm, you know. Um, I think that we headed into a really, really divisive time because nobody can get along. Uh, nobody can have discourse if they're on opposite sides. Pretty much, no, but there's no like agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause when I, cause when I was coming up, it was like, okay, you can have your view, I can have my view, but we can agree to disagree, and you still all right with me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. You know what I'm saying? If you do the A, B, or C, you know whatever. But um, I don't think that that exists, and people are like out for blood over such petty, petty things. They want, they want lifelong consequences for momentary decisions. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, we know how, like, everything is in the world today is, like, it's not only is everybody out for themselves type thing. There's no, like, really, like, mutual ground. I mean, everybody has, like, some kind of ulterior motive in their yeah. mind and stuff like that. Well, most people, at least. I won't say yeah. everybody because there are, you know, still good people out there. Yeah. Like, you see a lot of good, good guys. So, like, yeah. That's I won't say like that. But, like... And that's just one thing I've kind of picked up on, and especially around here, what I've noticed, like people are a little bit, you know, like more chill, more relaxed, and stuff like that. Like I don't know if it's just maybe something in the air, but yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's it's a slower pace. It's a slower pace now right. here, and like, and you know, it, the city has been um, kind of forced to become more kind. You know, uh, the become more touristy. Well, yeah, 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 definitely because we we are we are this this is our number one industry right. is tourism. Uh, we used to have factories that made stuff, you know, but those right. jobs went away, you know, and overseas and stuff like that. Or well, yeah, it went overseas. It was a lot of textile mills and furniture building plants and things of that nature. Um, so, but that went away. But this area has always been a tourist area, you know. what I'm saying ever since uh, right after the Civil War. Stuff right here. Well, not only that, <laughs> but the fresh air and uh, and the Vanderbilts built that big house. Oh yeah, house. yeah. And he was telling me about that. Actually. Way back in the day, and 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 the mountains around him was clear cut after the Civil War. Like they used all they cut down all of those right. trees for lumber. Man, what? So uh, the Vanderbilts brought in this dude, the same dude who designed Central Park. And like in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. His name was Frederick Olmsted. Uh, and he replanted it. You know what I'm saying? They they did it. And Talk they had a little the, bit about this house actually too. Because I said a little bit about it. So I know like they have like hotels and shit on like yeah. the actual like campus of it. Yeah. And, this. and then it's a giant. It's the Biltmore House. It's the biggest property house. house in the world. And they built it. Uh, I think right after the Civil War. I think or maybe during the Civil. War. I have no. I don't really. Because uh, it never. They never. You know. It was like we went to it in school, and a lot of people worked there, but. I mean, we knew it. it was built by slaves. You know what I'm saying? Slaves did all of that beautiful work, all of that beautiful work that you see in there, all of that masonry work, all of the paint, and all of the plaster, all of that what gorgeous, he, uh, gorgeous what, woodwork. Yeah, he just told me it was originally supposed to be a summer house. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really these was people who like these was the richest people in the world. You know, like at the time, Carnegies and Vanderbilts mm -hmm. and J.P. Morgans. And you know, these big names of American finance that was really worldwide. The old finance. school Rothschilds, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the robber barons. Yeah. That's what they was called, the robber barons. You know, and this was a place that they came and played at. And um, a lot of decisions was made up in the woods hunting. Um, but yeah, that house was built by slaves. All of the handiwork was slaves, you know, uh, in the building. Every, and and they bit and then if you go to the Riverside Cemetery in Moffat, down at the bottom, all of the slaves that built that is buried at the bottom. They got all their graves down at the bottom. Wow. They buried them special. You know what I'm saying? But the but like when I say that it was built by slaves, I mean 
skilled, skilled men. Like they didn't have no white man telling them how to. It's almost like clone nothing, nothing, or nothing to, for real. They knew they had this skill. They they were skilled. You know, skilled workers. This is real talk. Uh, a lot of the buildings downtown, a lot of those old brick buildings downtown was built by a Miller and Sons, which was a black man, a free man. You know what I'm saying? He built half of downtown. You know, uh, it's a deep black history in Nashville. I didn't know. I didn't even, I knew, I lived on, I live, I'm from Burton Street community. And uh, E.W. Pearson was a name that I rarely heard coming up. But we didn't really know how deep it went until I got grown. I'm like, dang, I lived in this community this whole time and nobody held him up as like a somebody to be like. You know what I'm saying? We had to follow the dope boys and I, it was just weird to me. Like, why didn't we celebrate none of this great history, black history that we got in Nashville, which is like deep and like it's deep to the roots and, and, and vital. You know what I'm saying? Like it is in every city in America, especially in the South. Like if you go to these cities and you research who built this and you know what I'm saying? Who really did the work on that? And you'll see it's kind of like it was slaves. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like I feel like if we really had the access to our history, that we could probably have a better uh, uh, self-esteem as a community. And I ain't even mean to turn this podcast all deep, but no, man. I mean, dang, I wish I like I, wish, I like stuff going there. That's I wish I wish that we I wish I could have known more about Black history when I was a kid, except for just uh. Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth. That's all they teach in the schools. Harry Tubman, remember, yeah, they really don't tell about, you. like, they really don't go that deep into it, like, Birth of a Nation and shit like that. They really don't go into any stuff like that at Man, all. They don't tell you about the people who can be an inspiration to you. You know what I'm saying? They can keep you off them corners and keep you out of jail. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to teach the next generation. Absolutely. I mean, next generation, especially with the digital age and everything like that, I mean, my generation and like you know the generations going forth like i imagine what the hell they about to have like you know after oh um, man the kids are so advanced but still, i was like just you have so much more access to stuff these days and to like you know have that self-awareness well, they're not it. falling for they're not falling for none of the tricks that we fell for right. but going back to the to the music in the next album i think that what you're gonna hear is sonically um we're refining Lyrically, I'm refining. We're getting tighter as a band, getting tighter as a group. Um, and our main motivation is to get doper and make consistently better music. Like, we want to keep topping our next release. We want to keep going up, keep refining, keep getting better. You know, um, we just were in search of like making. I know this is a kind of cliche among you, just looking for that perfect song, you know what I'm saying? I feel you. 100% of me, as I ask myself, I feel you on that. So it's yeah. like, even you just kind of sort through it. Like, do you record a bunch and then just kind of like sort it out? Like yeah, from, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. figure out the project? Yeah, we are always in the, in the creation process, you know, but we've been a lot busier um, lately, doing a lot more shows and doing a lot more um, promotional things. Uh, that we got, we're gonna have to like slow down a little bit, refill the tank, you know, um, make more beats, write more raps, you know. But we always in that process. There you go. 
All right. Uh, well, just to wrap it up, then, like, is there anything you would say to the people that's not familiar with like the Asheville scene, even beer, you know, music, or even the culture of it, like that could bring them that what you want like to hear, so they can bring you know bring them here, like to check um, it out. I would say to the people that Asheville is uh, a world class city uh, tucked away in a small place where you're not well traffic is getting a little bit worse but it's not like LA traffic or New York traffic but you can come here and get a meal and have an experience just on that level um, this is where we got a world-class city I believe um, especially with the beer scene and the food scene I, I think it rivals any other place at least in America maybe Even in Michigan that's <laughs> my home state but still I, I really enjoy living here and being able to uh, partake and all of the great, and we got some dope music too, especially hip hop. Man, our hip hop is way underrated. They I do. believe. Um, I know that firsthand as of Saturday. Yeah, they, you guys do. Yeah, great hip hop. It's a lot of young lions. All right. Um, I think that's everything. So, once again, this is E-Man Bass with Beats and Brews. I'm signing off. See you guys next time. Hey, man, y'all make sure y'all go check out that space and time. Oh, yeah, check out Space and Time. Just type in Spaceman Jones and the Motherships anywhere, and it's going to pop up. There you go. Spaceman Jones and the Motherships. All right. It was always a pleasure, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Peace. Peace.